Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm I'm doing really well. Uh, yep, yeah, I'm doing well. Andrew, how are you? That's it. That's all I get from you. I'm doing really well. Doing really well. Really, really well. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, I didn't have anything clever to say tonight. You never have. Well, that's fair. I am also well. I'm a little tired. I um, fell asleep on accident. I was like not at all prepared for it. Uh, I just laid down on the bed and wife woke me up like two and a half minutes ago. So I'm a little out of sorts. But it's the week of Thanksgiving. We've made it somehow. Tis. Uh, I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. I love Thanksgiving. There's the only holiday where there's just no stress associated with it. You just go and you eat. Yeah, that's right. Very little stress associated. I mean, there is the stress of preparing the meal, but that is sort of like Tuesday. Yeah. Right. You've got more courses to worry about than normal, I'd say. But yeah. But even doing the meal, like once you get into double oven territory in your in your kitchen owning life, <laughs> uh, it kind of like a lot of the stress there even goes away. Yeah. Yeah. We um we did secure a turkey. We have secured, I think, most of the necessary ingredients for Thanksgiving dinner. So now it's just a matter of cooking. And one Fred Meyer trip on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, most certainly. Yeah. Yeah. If it's just one, that would be rad. I think it'll be one. I think you're there. Let's hope so. No one ever remembers. It's always something stupid, too. It's like, hey, do we have brown sugar? We did. (laughs) And now, no more. Yeah. Uh, my wife did say, I was at the store tonight, and I said, hey, is there anything that you can think of right now that we need for Thanksgiving? And she said, I can't think of anything right now, but I'm going to go to the store tomorrow anyway. Hmm. So I think that there is a chance that we'll have the things. There's I, a chance. <clears throat> it's I an outside chance. Inevitably have to go. Because Sam decides to do or make something in the two days leading up to Thanksgiving that is unusual for her to do. Yeah. And she uses, as a result, an ingredient that is kind of obscure, Mm -hmm. but tends to be necessary for Thanksgiving. She's like, well, I didn't know you needed it. That's the I use this once a year. It was French onion soup mix for me last year. I just happened to use the French onion soup mix. Like a week before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. French onion soup, what are you making? What are you using that for? You know, I, it, it's actually a really nice seasoning. You can use it up for all sorts of stuff. Uh, I think I had actually made a, I think I had actually made like a French onion soup though. Mm. Which, you don't need French onion soup mix for French onion soup. However. Why not? Why not? When in Rome. What are you using it for Thanksgiving? Oh, in the stuffing. Oh. Yeah, we use a little bit of French onion soup in the stuffing. All right. I like that. 
Yeah, it's it's actually really really yeah. nice. Yeah, I can get down with that. Yeah, I see all the reasons why. Uh, I have. Tr- I I'm not sure. I I haven't decided yet. I may spatchcock the turkey. <laughs> not entirely, but mostly because it's fun to say spatchcock, 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 spatchcock. Now I'm confused. Well, tell me. You, are you just using the word spatchcock or are you saying that you might do it or you have not yet decided if you're going to? I, I haven't yet decided. <clears throat> I haven't yet decided. Uh, but it is a nice way to cook a turkey. It really is. It reduces your cooking time by about half. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not quite half, but pretty close to it. Really close to half. The And you get the same skin effect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you just, you just broil it. And yeah. unless you're using... Unless you're doing stuffing, like actually cooking stuffing in the bird. You have to cook the stuffing separate. But you have to cook the stuffing separate anyway because there's never enough stuffing. No, I make so much yeah. every year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, excited. that That's happening today, right is, now. Is your when turkey you're... defrosting right now as we speak? Oh, it's been defrosting for okay. two, two days. Yeah. Excellent. All righty. So today's Tuesday. It's been defrosting since Sunday night. Excellent. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be ready to go. I hope. Fingers crossed. Do you brine not, your bird? Uh, nope. But you've talked to me about that in the past. I I have not brined my bird. It's not a good, it's not a bad idea. Maybe I, this is the year. I do it every year. It's fantastic. What do you brine it in? Just like a five gallon bucket. Yep, five gallon bucket with a lid. Hmm. And I start from frozen. Okay. Yeah, well, there's still time. It would be a short brine, but there is still time. Maybe I'll make up a brine tonight. As long as you have a five-gallon bucket with a lid. I, I don't know if I have a lid, but I do have a five-gallon bucket. You can get away without a lid. A saran wrap. Yeah, but you, but you also need a way to chill it. I've got a, I've got a your, fridge for it. Does your? Oh yeah. I've got a fridge that will easily accommodate. I always end up putting mine in a cooler. Yep. I've got, well, I've got a fridge that'll work. Mine's usually full. Andrew, as much as I'd love to talk about the intricacies of Thanksgiving dinner all hour long, I think that is not why the people are here. That's not why the people are here. That's why I'm here. The people are here because today we're talking about watches. It's weird. We are talking about watches, and we are talking about some new watch releases. Mm, yeah. Some some good, some maybe uh, a, a bit puzzling, uh, all interesting, I think. If it's not interesting, we're not going to talk about it. That's true. There's enough to talk about that we will not even mm. probably get to our list. It has been about three weeks since we've done one of these wind-ups, and so there is going to be... Maybe a broader range. You might be like, oh, that happened like a year ago. Uh, there's going to be a broader range of time than yeah. sometimes in these. Sometimes we would go back, but we usually try to be pretty contemporaneous. We had we had a bit wider field in terms of duration for this. So some of these will be from a few weeks ago. Some of the some of these will be like as of about an hour ago, maybe two hours ago. At least one of them will. Uh, what would you think about leading us off with something interesting? I am going to lead us off. I have nothing interesting, so I'm not really sure what you want to talk about. Uh, first thing I want to talk about 
is like just kind of like I don't know medium ish excitement from it uh, in the way of <clears throat> a new Christopher Ward C sixty three. This was on my list. It was on my list too. And because I'm more excited about it, I'm choosing it first so as to not be you slurped by you. You slurped? Yes. All right. The new Christopher Ward C63 Celeste in Aventurine. And this is exciting for two reasons. <clears throat> it's actually exciting for, exciting for more than two reasons. Primarily. For me, exciting for two reasons. Number one, this is Christopher Ward bringing the C63 in a new flavor in the way of an aventurine dial. Aventurine is the coolest. And it's, I don't know where else this material is going to cost you under $1,200. Do you who did it? And that is all. Do you know of any other aventurine dialed watches coming in under $1,200? You know, off the top of my head, I don't. I, I don't suspect it's the hardest material uh, to, to get a hold of. But yeah, no, it's not something that I can immediately think of. Here is exciting reason number two. Christopher Ward has kind of low-key also introduced a new C63 bracelet at the same time in the way of their five link. Yeah. Yeah. I, I oh, don't by know. The way, is this exclusive to this watch? So they're calling this the consort bracelet. It seems exclusive to this watch, but it's out there. And I think, I expect they'll end up making it available for purchase independently. So what what a crazy low key. Hey, by the way, here's this new five link. Have fun. This is a perfect platform to be introducing the Aventurine in because they're doing it in their 36 millimeter case. They have that classic light catcher. It's pulling all of that into your venturing dial. And by the way, we have a new consort bracelet with it. Uh, it's it also, if you decide, it's available in their uh, classic Bader bracelet is what they're, they've now named their, their three link. The oyster is yeah. what I'm going to call that, but it's obviously not not an oyster, strictly They're speaking. Bader, though, I'm wondering about that. That was a weird name. Um, and the consort. So this is a cool release. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I've got uh, immediately my first thought is, is that consort as in like the... Uh, spouse or or romantic partner of a of a king or is it or, or queen or is it consort as in like oh i was consorting with that guy yeah you know i i have wondered that to the point that um i just kind of moved on because i'm not sure they know 
but I love this bracelet. It is a five link bracelet with the even numbers being high polished, the odd number or the, yeah, excuse me, the odd numbers being brushed. It's lovely. And it's a really good fit for this, uh, this application. Yeah. I mean, it's a C63, right? It's a light catcher case. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's only in the 36, I believe. Yes. The, the, there's not anything about this thing that is m- m- mind-blowing except for the fact that it's got a new bracelet and it's an adventuring dial. Which either one of those things in and of themselves is noteworthy. Yeah. I love it. I love it. it, it it's 1100 bucks. I want it. Can you buy it for me? Yeah, you send me some money. I mean, this is a, this is a sort of... So the C63 is a pretty sporty watch. I think with this Jubilee, it's not a Jubilee, but the the Jubilee-ish consort bracelet um, and the Aventurine dial, this is very dressy. Mm -hmm. Very, very dressy. It's not a dress watch. It's a sport watch, but it's very dressy. I mean, this is slick. And at 36 millimeters... It's size great. I think that these are pretty thin. I want to say 10 millimeters or just over like 10 and a half, I think, on these. I'm making this up, but that's my gut feeling. Uh, yeah, this is terrific. This They're 11 4. 11 So I was a full millimeter off, but whatever. Sue me. Yeah, that's Sue a me. lot, though. That's. Whew. Yeah, it, it, it's actually not a thin. It's not a thin watch at 11 and a half, but whatever. It's eleven four. Tell me about Seiko. Um, I I think it's a great watch. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm excited about this. I think this is a cool application of this thing that they're now using. Uh Bell and Ross r- released a new BRX five, and the whole fucking thing glows. That's what you should do with a X five. So I think BRX5 is the newest model in Bell & Ross's catalog. This from the top down is awfully similar to BR05. I think this was the BRX5 was released last year, perhaps. Uh, the difference, the main differences being uh, this sort of wild case cutout uh, and a Kinesi power reserve. Uh, so these were, I think, the first watches in Bell & Ross's Kinesi, Kinesi uh, connection. And so you get this pretty prominent, I'd say prominent, power reserve on the left side. It looks like it ought to be a subdial. And it is a subdial, but it's a, it's a subdial for power reserve. You, you know, and, and I think a lot of people probably look at that and they're like, that's stupid. I don't want it. It's it, it's the opposite of subtle. Um, I might be in that camp, uh, but it, it's not unattractive. But you also have that three date date window on the right. This is a particular watch. It sort of seems like they're going for a vibe here. Uh, they've released this in a Fully, I, I think it's a 3D printed case. So it, it's actually, I think this is a three-part case or perhaps a four-part case. And so the the parts closest to the movement are in like a PVD steel. 
but the parts that are most visible on the outside of the case are in like a 3D printed, fully glow, luminescent material. This is part of Bell and Ross's Loom, L-U-M line, which I think up to now has only been loomed dials. And this is <laughs> a, a bit of a different direction with that. It's a glow watch. Yeah. It's a glow watch. I'm 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 intrigued by it. So it's a it's partially a titanium case. Yeah, oh yeah. It's not PVD steel, it's PVD titanium. Yeah, so it's it's DLC titanium with this interesting new material i'm trying to understand what it is it's just like uh like a glow-in-the-dark plastic right like the same thing that your kids glow-in-the-dark slap bracelets made out of yeah so it's like a it's that that 3d printed glow-in-the-dark plastic with like a titanium skeleton that's kind of visible throughout and that creates the negative space in your loom profile of the case yeah that's right that's right i believe the case is the same as the brx5 case the 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 actual components are the same shapes i can't promise that i've never held either uh this thing's expensive i think it's a novelty Thirteen thousand three hundred bucks is the retail on this uh they only made i don't know it's either three hundred or a thousand. They they only five hundred. It's a three hundred or a thousand. One of the two. The green lum. The green lum. Um. Yeah. Uh, it's a novelty. I, I, when I first saw it, I was like, "Holy shit, those are cool!" And then I, after a little while, was like, "Yeah, that's stupid." Um. Maybe not. A, maybe not entirely, but probably mostly because of the price. Yeah. I think I, I started in the stupid camp and then learned it was $13,000. It was like, yeah, I was right about that. <laughs> uh, you it's know, certainly interesting. I think it, I think it represents a cool thing that Bell and Ross is doing. Um, the side profile of the case makes me a little bit more intrigued by it. Uh, yeah, I, I, my, my opinion is, it remains the same though. Yeah, it, it, the dial because of the way the the luminescence on the dial. So black matte black dial with loomed like outlines and all the markers. Uh, definitely a bit of a Tron vibe. I, I read a Zach Kazan write up on this, and he noted that maybe a missed opportunity not to have the date wheel be luminescent. I think I agree with him on that. Um, mm. There's no other loom text. Yeah, none none of the text is loomed, but I think he was saying maybe have the date disc itself be loomed. Um, I, I think th- that'd make it real stupid. Yeah, I think it's the difference between um, uh, uh, visual appeal when it's glowing versus visual appeal when it's dark. I, I, I don't know. Um, if, if they could have found a way to put a a, a secondary wheel like a secondary disc in between the the 
dial and the date disc and they could obscure the loom passing through for yesterday and tomorrow and allow only loom to emit for today, loom up those numbers. You want them to be magicians. It's it's Bell and Ross. If somebody's going to do that, it's going to be Ball it's, or it's going to be Bell and Ross. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, I think a, I think a date disc would have added to... I mean, if careful here, too much loom, because this is a bright watch. Yeah, this is a nightlight with the amount of loom that's being emitted just by the case. I'm comfortable with the amount of loom that they used. Andrew, what's next? Oh, next for me. Wasn't prepared for that question. Um, <laughs> I I think in the future. You might be prepared for it. It's coming again. Yeah, one one would think. Oh, I know what I want to talk about. Organize these tabs. We have an interesting, at least appealing to me, new release from the company we know as Hamilton. In the way of their Bulton. So, this is a new color update from Hamilton to their Bulton. Bolton? Bulton? Bolton line? Um, this is a watch that I've seen before and not really been too excited about. Until today, when I saw these new colors on it. So there is a white on white dial, as we know, a white dial with yellow painted markers, kind of a champagne dial and a mint dial. And that, oh, it's, there's also one with a pistachio green. Yeah, baby poop white and yeah, they're they're i yeah. think they've said they're macaron colors which is okay appropriate yeah uh this yellow got me smitten though i never in a million years would have thought that i've been like bring me yellow on my dial but this white dial with that curved crystal the crisp yellow markers. This does it for me. This rectangle case shape has always been kind of a thing for me. And the new, the, the yellow is, is it. Um, these are tiny. They're 23 and a half millimeter case width. 37 lug to lug and 864 these are dress watches i'm not sure if they have any water resistance oh 50 meters um yeah this is these are some new colorways hamilton really late to the easter game like two years late um because that's what everyone was doing a couple years ago but these are really lovely color releases for this watch 
you know, I think it's passe to say this is a, a ladies watch. I, I just don't think marketing is happening that way. Uh, these days, I think this is probably primarily going to be a, a ladies watch. It does have the, the general dimensions of a, like a 1940s mm -hmm. tank style watch, uh, 16 millimeter strap at the lugs and it's a tapering strap. I, I mean, these are very little, I, I think that this is going to be probably too dainty for most men in uh, a daily wear scenario no, certainly anywhere but a dress wear scenario yeah it um th they're this cords, is a trick pony. i i really don't like the lugs on the bolton um i i think that th there's a lot to be desired here th these are exclusively quartz I, I think this is fun i do think it's probably a release primarily for the ladies um yeah, but they're like seven hundred bucks or six hundred and fifty bucks or something. These are these are fun watches, and I do I agree with you. Six hundred forty five bucks. I yeah. think the white dial with the yellow print is the the pick of the litter. Although I don't mind this pistachio. You said you you, you referred to that watch with a bit of disdain in your voice. I, I think that's and a nice colorway too. Yeah, I I think I disagree with you. I don't particularly dig it, but I think it works. It's got that it's got that sixties. Mm -hmm. vibe to it i like it a lot better than the tan but whatever but all these straps are just a shitty color choice small seconds on these yeah i think they're lovely i think they're a cool release i think you're lovely i am thank you i appreciate your recognition uh longine has been killing it as of late yeah they've been showing up in a way they haven't in a while y you know the the entire uh spirit line just absolutely incredible i think it was sometime in the mid 2000s they released their legend diver still a watch that uh gets play today it's it's not the most common um recommendation for a, a dive watch but it seems to be in the game right it is a 42 millimeter twin stick internal rotating bezel dive watch. And it's, and it's terrific. I've handled these. They're beautiful. Uh, they work really well. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a lovely watch. They have, uh, they've updated it with a 39 millimeter case, which I think is just an absolutely terrific move. Yes. So uh, these have been updated in and out uh it's got it they they've said it's an exclusive l888 movement which i don't know enough about to talk about it intelligently and i'm not going to learn between now and the time i'm going to talk about this watch what i do know is this is a iso certified cosk dive watch at 39 millimeters and it's stunning i think this is great i think it's a great move this is based on a um reference from longines catalog i think a 1960s late 60s reference uh that was actually 42 millimeters so this is the first time this watch has existed in this smaller size which is a bit of a it seems like it's a bit backwards 
but I think it's actually a great size because of this, because of it's an internal bezel, this dial, the, this dial really takes over the watch. And so at 42 millimeters, I thought, I do think that the watch is a touch uh, unwieldy. It looks like a big ass pilot watch. At 39 millimeters, I think this thing is great. And I think that this is probably the only, I'll just say, maybe one of the only true dive watches that you could wear with a suit appropriately. I mean, you can wear whatever the fuck you want. Wear a G-Shock with a suit. I don't care. But this thing looks like it would fit with a suit. Right at 39 millimeters, no clunky external rotating bezel. This, uh, you know, it's got like a beads of rice style bracelet. This thing rocks a suit all day long, and it's ISO certified, and it's Cosk. Yes, yes, please. This is the first ISO 6425 certified watch from this line. And they dumped the date window. This. It's a true enthusiast watch. This is the first time I saw this line and was like, ooh, what's up with you? And I realized it's because it's smaller. It's apparently smaller. And they, they killed the date window. I don't like a date window in an internal rotating bezel. I typically like a date window. But there are some applications where I don't. This is among them, and this watch is killer. Yeah, yeah, it it it's really nice. Uh, they come in both blue and black dials. Uh, oh, and I think there's like an ombre green as well. Um, the blue is super dark. I bet it would appear black more often than not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they have terrific. They have terrific loom. It's got both. I think uh, BGW9 and C3 applications on the same dial. And so you get a little bit of contrast when it's lit up. Um, what more to say? 3000 bucks on a strap, 3200 on a bracelet. Get the bracelet every time. Put it on a strap if you want it. I'm I'm here for it. I, I think at 3000 bucks, this is absolutely terrific. And I think Longine's been killing it. Uh, they are in that segment that, you know, whatever two to $5,000 segment, I, I think they're really, really pitching themselves. You know, you've got just not a lot going on there. You've got Tudor, uh, you've got obviously brands like Monta, um, is sort of at the low end of that. Uh, there's just not a ton going on there. And I think Longines showing up and doing the things. I, I love this watch. I think it's great. It's an interesting spot to try to be jockeying for position in. I think because it's wide open. Yeah, because there's no one you're you're fighting with. Oris. Yeah. You've got Oris in there. You've got Zinn, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, so there's not no one there, but I, I think there's there's no one quite like Longine there. They're they're a little bit trying to cut their own path because there's there's just no one there. There's not very many three thousand dollar dive watches out there. Which is maybe to their benefit, but also to their to their detriment and saying we've created this new 
this new price band and we're worth it. So, so I misspoke. The 39 is only available right now in that navy blue, dark blue, and the black dial. Both of them available on bracelet or strap. The nerve. 300 meters. 11 points. Silicon balance, silicon balance spring. Blah, 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 blah. 72 hour power, power reserve. Steel. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. It is good. It's good. <coughs> Andrew, what's next besides your cough? Next up for me. Boulder with a collaborative worn and round. Worn and wound? Not worn and round, though they are round. <laughs> you said something stupid. Worn and wound <laughs> release. In their 3XGMT. So it is the Boulder GMT. It looks familiar. Twin sticks. But here's where it, it changes. These are some wild colorways. I'm not sure how I feel about their colorways. This is a, a collaborative release. Uh, maybe an exclusive release based off of our previous maybe definition two. I'm not seeing how many they're limited to. That doesn't matter. We'll move on from that. So there are <laughs> two colorways. The f I don't even really know where to start with a description. So the, the first colorway is a primarily black or a gray palette. Uh, what are they calling it? The... Um, what do they have a name for it? You know, I, I, I don't know. You've got this sort of dark foresty green and yellow and gray. This is, this is in that range of colorways that we've talked about being on, on Warner Wounds, yeah. like collab palette. Yeah. So the, the, it's like a yellow, like a, almost a blue green chapter ring with a tan yellow second concentric ring a, an olive kind of green concentric ring with the markers atop of it per the wind up shop the colorway is gray andrew <laughs> you idiot i'm the asshole here <laughs> um and it's a really striking color combination it's perhaps the most colorful worn and wound watch i recall seeing uh it's it's reminiscent of a roulette wheel in the vibrance of the colors but this gray though similarly palleted or or segmented in its colors is this kind of foam green gray color palette that I really, really dig. Uh, hands on it, the, the minute and hour are the steel gray with a yellow GMT hand and a yellow balance on the, no, it's a yellow 24 hour hand. That's the GMT hand. There it is. And then a blue and yellow seconds hand. The colors here are fascinating. 
I don't know that I'd ever wear them, but I really like them. Yeah, these remind me of the colors we've had recently in Warner Woman Timex releases, uh, the Brewmetric release that came out a while mm-hmm. ago. I think Brew has been using, I don't know about the gray colorway, certainly the, the blue colorway. They've been using this set of colors, this sort of red and green. And uh, I think it works great in this application. This is a busy watch, uh, probably too busy for me. Um, but I think it works here. I like the way they look. They're not for me, but this is a good color palette contribution to the boulder. I think so. I think it works. I think it works out just fine. Good job, worn and wound. Is that all you have to say about it? it? That's all I have to say about it. Andrew, can we talk about Seiko? Oh, can we talk about Seiko? Do we have to? Well, no, but I think we should. So Seiko announced, I, I first saw these a few weeks ago on um, sort of like some Reddit watch leaks. And I thought, oh, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll wait. Uh, I'll wait before I make decisions. Seiko released a new Marine Master watch. Um, and I think it's a little bit of a puzzling, it's a little bit of a puzzling release. So I, I have read a bunch of articles about this now, read a bunch of comments. Uh, we've had, uh, some talks about it in our, uh, in our editorial staff text messages, uh, at the end of the day, I think this is a pretty terrific watch. It is a Prospex diver with a new um, five-link bracelet, but but actually a three-link with a three-part middle link. It's got a, you know, maybe for lack of a better term, sort of a teak-style dial. Uh, it does have some 62 MAS shoved in there with some Marine master elements. But at the end of the day, this is a 200 meter kind of standard fair dive watch. You know, the Marine master line uh, I think was released in 2000 and it's got this monoblock case and no, you know, helium resistance just by way of being monoblock. Um, this is something different. We've uh, never seen a Marine Master quite like this, which is to say this is just a Seiko dive watch. It's a very nice Seiko dive watch, but it doesn't have any of the Marine Master things. It's 200 meters of water resistance. Uh, it, it, Yeah, I, I don't know. So my, my initial thought was this isn't a Marine Master. This is stupid. In looking at the watch, I have changed my mind. The watch isn't stupid. This is a, a lovely watch. It's a really, really terrific watch. I think that there may be a there may be a bracelet fitment problem. One of the press photos I saw of this thing makes it look like there's a solid half-inch gap at the bracelet to lug connection, you know, on the x-axis, which whatever. That's a problem, obviously. That that's a big QC problem, I think. But 
I, I it was a prototype photo. I haven't actually handled one of these. I, I'm guessing this watch is absolutely stunning, and it and it should be as a three thousand dollar watch. Twenty eight hundred, I think, is the retail price on these. Uh, I I don't know, man. Thirty nine and a half millimeters, twelve three thick, which is great. Uh, it has got the. It's done away with the single piece case design, so it's not gonna be a helium. I mean, we we don't need that. Of course not, and and we've talked about that a number of times. But but it doesn't have that. <laughs> it is. That's right. It this isn't a marine master, I don't think. And I think they've. I think six L thirty seven movement, which is great. This is sort of. This is real Seiko shit. Um, probably top of the line Seiko stuff, but uh, yeah, I don't think it's doing what we want the Marine Master doing. I think they've sort of tarnished the legacy of that line. I don't know if they've tarnished it so much as they're just not continuing it. They decided to just go away with it in the name of like just just call it something else or just release a new thirty nine millimeter diver. And don't call it the Marine Master. This doesn't have to be a Marine Master. This doesn't have to be a 62 MAS. This could be any number of obscure references that Seiko uses to release. And they can tell the story around how it was inspired by. And then we have a watch everyone loves. But instead, they just kind of misbranded it. The silver is a limited edition. The blue is the blue and black are gonna be the the steadfasts. And the blue's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Oh well, I don't know if it's a bummer, but it it It's not blue. It's like this icy silvery blue with a color like not a color matched bezel. I ultimately, I think this is going to be a, a miss. And I think that this comes in kind of a a, a bit of a, a hard time for Seiko. I, I can't think of the last thing Seiko dropped that I was like, yes, please give me more. This is the most exciting Seiko release I can think of. And ultimately, I think it's really just a nosedive. Yeah, we've talked about two three thousand dollar dive watches tonight. One of them is a is a is a grand slam, and the other we're wondering like how was how did it make the team? Yeah, this doesn't make sense to me. This is a lot of weird decisions to make it through to production. Uh, oh, display case back with a wave printed on it. Oh, now I'm in. <laughs> Oh boy, now Seiko. I'm, my my opinion has changed entirely. Uh I I don't know. I think Seiko is Seiko's trying to be Seiko and they're trying to pull one over just expecting that everyone's going to pay it. And yeah. everyone is going to pay it is the problem. The bracelet does look beautiful. It's got mail in links which uh, or it's got a mail in link which I think is a problem, but it is uh it looks to me to be a stunning bracelet which Say what you will, Seiko's not done great bracelets. I do think this thing has kind of a shitty push button clasp. I I looked for a photo of the clasp and I couldn't find one, but I think it's because it's not getting pictured. I'm guessing this is just a shitty Seiko clasp. 
It is. They're using their standard prospects class on this prospects watch. You, you know, the SLA 017, those things are selling. I, I looked that up today, and those things are selling from anywhere from 6000 to 7000 in, like, new-ish condition. And those things have a stamp, just a regular old stamped prospect clasp. So th- there's obviously a set of priorities, and, and that's not one of them for Seiko. I, I think that there's a bit of a pissing on us, telling it's raining going on here, uh, which sucks. I, as, a, as a guy who sort of cut my teeth on Seiko, I think this sucks a little bit. I mean, I, I love it if it's not named the way that it is. If I don't know is, if, if I I don't know if I love it at twenty eight hundred bucks. I don't love it at twenty eight hundred bucks. At twelve hundred bucks though, yeah, I think they could get away with this at sixteen seventeen hundred. Uh, at at twenty, they can get away with it at twenty eight hundred. Obviously, for me, I, I I don't think they can. They're not offering enough. That's they're true. they're not offering enough of a delta between their next diver in this to justify that price change andrew do you got uh you got one more thing you want to talk about i do i do have another thing that i want to talk about i want to talk about the monroe ridgeline from clements watches Clements Watches being a brand that we've spoken to here on the show before. This is your kind of run of the mill, three hand, kind of fieldy feeling sport watch with a little bit of a wrinkle in the way of a really fascinating. Dial color scheme. Uh, we first talked to Tom about his dive watch. What is it? Uh, two years ago, probably. I think that sounds about right. Then we talked to him about bats, right? Yeah. It's Tom. Yeah, we talked to Tom about bats. Um, <clears throat> so what we have here is a 37 and a half. 37 and a half millimeter field watch case. That's, you know, not particularly exciting or special. Um, What's exciting, what's different about this watch is the dial design. In a Half of the dial is this really lovely teal green, but it's not a half on the three to nine axis. It's half at the 117, right? 117 is it's the beginning of your 12 hours of green with then a smaller orange and a larger black. My assumption is that this is related to kind of the transition of the day in your kind of sunset dusky period. I haven't read a whole lot about this watch. I saw the dial and got excited, wanted to talk about it, call up Tom Clements. Uh, 
because he's doing a cool thing here. This is different. And that's the kind of stuff we look for in small brands who can be nimble and do small batches is to be different and new and innovative. Yeah, I I think it's fun. I'm with you. I don't quite understand. I don't quite understand. Mountain slopes is what they (laughs) represent. Excuse me. Uh, But I think it's, it's just, I think it's just interesting, right? I think Mm -hmm. that that's why they've done this. Um, Create a bit of asymmetry angles. I, I think it's fun. Yeah. That's what I wanted. I want it to be fun. It it is it is certainly fun. Five hundred <coughs> bucks, uh, five hundred pounds on rubber, five hundred seventy five on a bracelet. He's expecting delivery in March of twenty four. And and you know it's thirty seven and a half millimeters, which is a great size. I, yeah. I think for this watch, terrific size. I, I think Tom does a great job with his ten millimeters thick. These are nice and thin. Miyota 9039, which is the way you get to 10 millimeters thick in a $500 watch. And at 150 meters of water resistance, this is this is a good field watch. I got one more thing I want to talk about. All right, do it. Traska. Oh, yes. <coughs> so Will actually re- reviewed uh, version two of the Traska Venturer GMT. This was, I believe, in February of 2022. Uh, Traska's just released their version three of... Which is a quick turn. The Venture GMT. I think that the main difference between this and version two is that all of a sudden, they've introduced a hands-free, tool-free micro-adjust bracelet. So what you're getting... What you're getting for $720 is a GMT with a a true GMT in one of the best cases and bracelet with Traska's, you know, scratch-resistant coating, which Andrew can attest is a, a one of the greatest things ever been made. Uh, you've got fantastic dimensions in a 38 and a half millimeter watch, 10 millimeters thick, not including the crystal, but still probably about 11 total millimeters thick. Uh, all for 720 bucks. Miota true GMT movement. I don't think that there's 150 meters of water resistance. I don't think that there's anybody making a watch with quite this value right now. I, I just think it's terrific. Now, there, there's not a lot different between this, uh, still 38 and a half millimeters. This, this is essentially the GMT, but now we've got a hands-free micro-adjust bracelet at, at 720 bucks. There is no one else doing this there's no one else doing this this is the best 720 dollars gmt you can buy period there's absolutely no doubt about it almost anything traska does is the best you're going to be able to get at that price point yeah 
Hands Nobody free. else is doing hardening the way that they are. I keep saying hands-free micro-adjust. You have to use your hands. Yeah. Tool-free micro-adjust, hardening, true GMT movement. I mean, you, you've got the little, like, uh, perlage on the clasp, which what I, I, I don't know. It, you may not care about that. I, I don't but it really matters. care about that, but it matters. It yeah. all matters. It matters. They, this may be the best $720 watch you can buy. They're the, the most bang for your buck. You're going to get anything in their line. Totally terrific. Thanks, Traska, for doing great things. Andrew, I think we did it. I think that's all the watch things. Way to go, us. Uh, Andrew, other things. I have another thing. What do you got? It's a different other thing. That's good, because the same other thing would be boring. So, uh, several weeks ago, you recommended some Old Navy chinos. Maybe not to all of us, but you did recommend them to our text thread. And you said, I'm going to use these as another thing. I respected that for several weeks and have since now said, uh, your time has expired, my friend. <laughs> I uh, am wearing my Old Navy uh, chinos today. So, I, I went to and and looked at said chinos, bought a couple pairs of them. Uh, also tried on and found a similar pair of chinos in the way of their ultimate tech built in tech built in flex chino pants for men. Uh, and I'm not a, I don't, want to wear technical chinos like I, I wear technical pants with some regularity i see the value of them i appreciate them but chinos are not supposed to be that i'm not gonna be the lululemon stretch pant guy concur not gonna be like the 511 five pocket guy like it's just not me uh i have like some there i have no reason for it but i just feel strongly about it these are not shiny. They're not swishy. They are perfectly stretchy. The only thing about them that makes them technical more than a slightly different than normal chino material is one single zipper vertical pocket on the vertical seam of the pant. Yeah. It is virtually invisible. For someone built like me, it's also not usable. And they have a nice soft twill feel to mm-hmm. them, right? They're not, like you said, they're not hard. They're not swishy. They are terrific. They're nice and stretchy. So whenever I get a new pair of pants, I must try them on in person. Because everyone says slim or straight or athletic, uh, and they usually have those three builds. Um and none of them are the same. There's no uniformity to that. I found that even though I'm typically the 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 straight fit type guy, the slim athletic was for me. And Old Navy has done this thing where they have a new cut or a new definition of cut called the athletic slim, <laughs> which I was like, I read about. And they're like, yeah, there's more room through the seat and thigh. It's like, then why are they slim? There's still that tapered slim style cut of pant with just a little bit more breathing room for the ass and trash. And that's what I need. I just need a little bit more breathing room 
between the knees and the hips, and they fit great. I like them a ton, and because it's Old Navy, uh, their regular price is $54.99, but basically for the last three months and probably forever, they're going to be somewhere between 30 and 60% off all of the time because yeah. that's how Old Navy does very much like Invicta. Yeah. So that's my other thing. These uh, Ultimate Tech built-in Flex chinos from Old Navy. Yeah, and what do they call... So they've. I think that they are... they rotation chino pants mm. that's what they're calling their sort of so i've got the regular rotation chinos and they are the best chinos mm. i've purchased under about 50 bucks in a very long time uh i mike razak and i have talked about chinos quite a bit in the past few years good threads has got a pretty good sub 50 dollar chinos i i like these quite a bit better they're super comfy yeah they stretch without being stretchy. They're not they're not leggings, nor are they dress pants. But they look nice. So I've got two other things. As uh, a typical w- cheater face that you are. <laughs> one of them is uh one of them is my actual other thing. One of them is a bit of a cheat. Uh but the new episode of Serial just dropped. Did you did you know that? I did not. Uh, new episode of Serial just dropped, and it's called The Children of Rutherford County. It is a four-episode, so kind of a quick listen in kind of a quick listen in the context of Serial. The kids of Rutherford County. Did I say children? Mm-hmm. The kids of Rutherford County. It is about a Tennessee county, Rutherford, in which there was a juvenile judge who was on the bench for many, many years and sort of had this revered position in the community, but was essentially jailing very young children, seven, eight, nine, ten um, year old kids, even up to obviously the normal ages. So the judge wasn't a juvenile. He was judging juveniles. The judge is a, is an adult woman, uh, who was jailing very young kids, uh, and, and doing so inappropriately doing so almost certainly in violation of the United States constitution, probably in violation of the Tennessee constitution and, and, and directly, against Tennessee statute. And the story is about this young lawyer uh, who finds himself as a juvenile lawyer, kind of sees what's going on, uh, really fights against the system, ultimately sues this judge in Rutherford County to get this, uh, to get this practice stopped. And I think that this stops back in about 2016 is when they get the injunction. So it's been several years since this has which is way too recent yeah yeah right i mean it's crazy this the story is pretty short it's really interesting it's the type of thing they tell the story as if it is uh on an island it's really not uh but it, it's fantastic it's really really good it's a you know as a practicing attorney i thought gosh there's a number of things that are happening here that it's like yes this is what we deal with. We deal with stuff like this. I'm obviously not doing juvenile law, nor am I doing criminal law. Uh, but it 
it, it provides this bit of a snapshot in a context that's much more important to humankind than what I do. I thought it was terrific. I just finished it up today. Mm. Really, really good. Pretty quick listen. I think for the full series, it's probably about two and a half hours. Yeah, only four episodes. It's quick. Yeah, R- really good. So the second, and I should have done this opposite, but here we are. The second other thing I have is Alan Edmonds Black Friday sale. Oh, yeah. On now. I bought two pair of shoes, basically $200 shoes at Allen Edmonds. If you've been waiting on buying a new pair of Allen Edmonds, now is a good time. Benchwell, a lot of these are made in the United States. I picked up a pair of Danite Soul Fifth Avenues and uh, I can't remember what they call them, the Del Rey, which is like a split toe blucher. Uh, $200 Allen Edmonds is the way to go. Don't buy $400 Allen Edmonds. It's not a good deal. $200 Allen Edmonds, terrific deal. Andrew, that's all I got. That's a good other That's a good other thing. Ooh, Park City lace-up boot might be in my future. Yeah, there, there's good stuff, man. If you if you can get in there at 200 bucks, it's good stuff. Hey, folks, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Do me a favor. Check us out at our website. That is watchclicker.com. That's where we post every episode of this podcast, but also watch reviews and articles and other fun things. If you want to check us out on social media, you can do that at Instagram at watchclicker or at 40 and 20 underscore watchclicker. That's where we post photos and uh, updates and, and we communicate with people and talk to people uh, at watchclicker at 40 and 20 underscore watchclicker. If you want to support us and oh boy, we hope you do. You can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. That's how we pay for all of the hardware, software, and and really hosting for all of the stuff we do. Patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Feel free to drop us a buck or two. And don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.